0: What's up Rockstars, it's Matt Johnson. We're back again with a super fun conversation. Have I mentioned that these are fun conversations? Um, I I love these conversations. I'm I'm super pumped that I get to bring really cool people uh, onto the podcast and I get to pick their brain and just have fun. Uh, This was one of those conversations. I just really enjoyed it and we talked about some awesome things that I think will be super helpful. Uh, Depending on where, where, you know, what stage and, and space you're at in your business. Uh, I know these are some of the things that I have uh, have dealt with and, and Brooke has kind of figured out in her journey. Uh, so one of the things that we talked about is just in, in general terms, we talk about how to turn uh, connecting deeply with your own purpose and passion into a deep connection with the people that you're serving over the same purpose and the same passions and really finding your way towards the purpose that allows you to sell authentically. It's probably the best way I can put it. Um, So Brooke teaches people how to find that connection, both of themselves, and then to turn connection with their audience, with their community, with their tribe, whatever you want to call it, turn that connection into sales, right? Uh, If you really strongly believe that you can get people better results through your expertise and your creativity, there shouldn't be any hesitation to sell the right people on your service because you should be able to get them better results than they can get on their own so uh, Brooke works with people that she's coming from like the direct marketing, uh, network marketing kind of space. And a lot of the roadblocks there, uh, you see them show up in all kinds of other places and other professional services, but uh, they have trouble sometimes like really building that connection to how does me selling this help that other person so that I don't feel like I'm just doing this for myself. And so we talk about how Brooke bridges that gap and how she helps people find that, and, and a little bit about her story of how she found that for herself. And really, what she's doing is teaching people how to turn that connection with themselves and with their deeper purpose, helping that uh, turn that into a system where you can help people get what they want by your service and your product that you have to offer. We also talk a little bit about how she's expanding and the keys that she's found uh, in expanding from one really small, very tightly defined niche into one that's bigger, right? So one that serves a bigger audience. That's that's definitely something that a lot of coaches and consultants and agencies end up finding themselves doing is, hey, I've established a beachhead here, but I don't want to stay there like either the market's moving away from me or I just want more fulfillment and more purpose in my life. So I need to get into a bigger niche where I can serve more people. Uh, A lot of us are dealing with that. So we talk about that. We talk about... how to, how to give ourselves and why we need to give ourselves a little grace. Sometimes, uh, if you're a perfectionist, uh, which I tend towards that direction. If you're just a hard charging, hard driving, goal oriented person, uh, sometimes it's hard to give ourselves the space, uh, to relax sometimes, um, and give ourselves grace that, Hey, we may put 10 things on our to-do list, but Hey, it's okay if seven, get done today. Uh, And so we talk about that with Brooke. So I'm super excited. Like I said, super fun conversation, great personality, just a great pace to this conversation. Um, Brooke is uh, the CEO of Social Tenacity. And um, you've probably seen and heard her on different things. She's based out of Salt Lake. I think you'll be seeing more and more of her as she launches her mastermind and kind of builds her brand in a bigger niche than what she's been in. So she's definitely someone to keep an eye on. And I hope you all connect with her and kind of get into her world. So Let's, uh, let's jump into the conversation with Brooke. Enjoy. All right. Well, Brooke, officially welcome.
1: Thanks. I am way excited to be here.
0: I know. It's going to be a fun, fun conversation. We're going to talk about uh, direct sales and marketing because you have a very interesting background, which the listeners already heard. But how do you tell people what you do?
1: Well, it's kind of a hard Thing to tell people (laughs) because a lot of people just they're like, all right, I don't get it because one, they don't understand what network marketing is, so you have to kind of explain to them. You know the MLM, the Amway that people hate. (laughs) (laughs) I help those people. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, but not them, but not yeah, the the good ones, the good ones. Yeah, okay. (laughs) So how how did you stumble onto that kind of niche for those people that may not already know you?
1: Well, um, I was like many people who get into network marketing that I was a stay at home mom and looking for something to do. Cause I was super bored and I found a network marketing company and I thought, Oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to retire my husband. Like that's what they tell you. Mm-hmm. So I got into it and I thought, Oh, this is going to be super easy. And it's not. Yeah. So I had to learn how to market. And at the time, I had a web design company that I was doing online marketing for as well. And I did SEO and all of that kind of stuff. And I thought, well, let's just see if I can get, what I'm doing for other people who are in retail, if I could do that for my network marketing company. And so when I kind of married the two, I was like, this is the best thing ever because I don't have to be that spammy weirdo that most network marketers are. And I can actually build a business and feel good about it. And Mm -hmm. so now I teach people how to do that.
0: And so just to kind of set the scene, if I understand it correctly, you kind of, you, you jumped into MLM and kind of, I'm assuming, tried to follow the same advice that everybody gets, mm-hmm. which is reach out to friends and family first. Of course, they're the ones that are least likely, shall we say, yeah. that they, they like us. They trust yeah. us on a relational level. They don't necessarily trust us on a business level, and why should they? Because they know we just got into it. Um, so uh-huh. it, it is interesting that, that that's who they tell us to go after right off the bat. So you kind of flipped that on its head and said, well, let's figure out how to go for people that I don't know yet, but actually would be interested with with marketing yeah. techniques rather than going the relational kind of go to the people that, that supposedly know, like, and trust you first. So why, why did that work so much better?
1: Well, like, if you think of anyone else that starts a quote unquote, normal business, mm-hmm. like my husband and I had a car dealership. We did not go to all of our friends and family and say, Hey, do you want to buy a car? Mm-hmm. You know, like anyone that starts a normal business, they don't do it that way. And I thought, well, why is it in network marketing? Are they teaching that? Mm-hmm. And it's just because it's, that's the comfort zone. They got to kind of yeah. build them up to that. You know, that's the reason yeah. that they do it, but it works so much better. Cause you're actually finding people who are looking for what you have to offer. And mm-hmm. sometimes that is your friends, but most of the time it's not.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so what was, what, when you first started, like when it first started to take off, what was it, what do you think was the skill set that you had or your superpower, whatever you want to call it, that, that led to the initial round of success? Cause you mentioned a lot of things you were doing SEO and all this stuff like that. Did you have some sort of natural skills that, that you built on and took into that new space?
1: Mine, it really is just the love of marketing and yeah. being able to connect with people and doing it on an authentic yeah. level. Okay, and staying like true to who I am. And people can see that. And I really just want to serve and help other people. And I saw people who had a problem and I had the solution and I wanted to help them to get that solution. Hmm. And that, so I mean, that's.
0: What, yeah. Tell me a little bit about the, like the authentic connection thing. Like how, how do you, how do you kind of break that down a little bit so people can understand what that actually looks like in practice?
1: Well, that is kind of a hard thing because when it comes naturally, you know, like anything when it comes naturally, like, well, you just do it, you know, but to be authentic to who you are, it's not changing who you are to do what maybe your upline is telling you or someone else is telling you in marketing. I mean, hmm. I got a lot of advice from my upline of this is how I'm supposed to market on Facebook or, you know, they they are told you need to post three posts about your business, three posts about this. And when you are trying to fill out what someone else is telling you to do, it that's where you you become inauthentic because you're not staying true to who you are. Hmm. And so it's really finding out what you're passionate about. And once you find that passion, then you're able to help other people because you, that's your authentic connection to them.
0: Okay. So, so was it finding kind of a, a, like a topic or a theme or something that you were really excited and passionate about talking about that, that blended with the business? Is that kind of like yes. what unlocked it for you?
1: Yeah. My, I loved getting families together family is really important to me. And so everything that I did and I talked about was all about different ways that you can bring your family together and create awesome memories and things like that with your family. Mm. And so I was connecting with other people who had that as one of their core values. And when those two things connect and they have issues, you know how to fix those you know, so for other people that have gone through my program or clients that I have worked with, um, like one girl, for example, her passion is to help moms with the tweens, like the kids that are between 10 and like 14. Mm -hmm. She wants to help them to get through those hard years that she's super passionate about that. And so it's really finding that one thing that you're passionate about and unlocking that. And once that's unlocked, then you can authentically connect with anyone on that level.
0: Okay. And I think that's probably the ideal. If you really broke most people down in a conversation and got them... You know, to, to admit what they really want, they, I think they would probably agree that that's what they would prefer to do. They, they spend a lot of time doing all the things that people tell them to do because they feel like they should and because other people are successful at it. But if you really get down to it, I think most of us would rather talk about the things that we're passionate about. I think where the disconnect for, for a lot of us is how do you talk about what you're passionate about and excited about, especially when it's not necessarily directly related to the business or the product that you sell? And then how do you translate, right? How, how do you blend the marketing into the direct sales so that the actual conversations and the connections that you're building actually lead to people buying your products or services? Cause that, I think that's where the disconnect is.
1: Yeah, that is really my superpower is being able yeah. to connect the two. <laughs> okay. All
0: right. So what so, why do you think that is? What what's the, uh, how, how does it work? How does it work in your brain? If you can, if you can break it down for somebody else and explain kind of what that connection looks like, how, how do you, how do you even explain that?
1: Well a lot of the times the thing that they're passionate about is that's the reason why they got into their network marketing company is because they're either their opportunity or the product kind of solves that problem. And, but they don't realize that it's a much bigger scope than like maybe just skincare. So for example, the girl that wants to help the tweens, Mm -hmm. she sells skincare products. So it helps these girls That are starting to start puberty and stuff like that to be able to have clearer skin So that's one of the problems. But then she learns about all these other things that she can still help with so Mm. what we do Um is we teach our clients that you can take the one thing that your product or opportunity solves But then you build a whole business around it So then your network marketing company is just a tool in a business that you've created
0: Okay, that makes sense Um... Yeah, I've, I've run, the people that I've seen that have done that successfully, it's almost like they level up the conversation. So instead of the conversation taking place around the products, they, they figure out, okay, what, what problem does the product solve? Then what, what does it really solve? What does it really, really solve? And then like, then they talk about that. So you're talking about the side effects and you end up, I think, talking about the why behind why somebody would buy a product like that, right?
1: Right. Yeah. You're just getting, it's getting down deep because most people in any kind of marketing, they just go like one level deep and then they try to sell them at that level. And that doesn't really work. You got to keep going down level by level by level. And then once you get to the root of that, that's when people are like, yeah, I got to do this. And that's when they make the decision.
0: So, okay. So you as a, as a coach or consultant, so let's say you're working with somebody one-on-one, how do you help them drill down to find those things that they don't really even, they're not really even aware of there. They're probably not even aware that they could go three and four layers deep. What are some of the questions or what's some of the techniques that you use to kind of draw that out of them?
1: Well, the first thing that we want to do is we want to find out like what their purpose is. We find out what their why is and Mm -hmm. we keep asking them like, well, why is that important to you? Right. And it, it, a lot of times they're like, well, I don't know. And it's like, well, let's figure it out. Because a lot of us, like, we don't think that deep on a daily basis. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and so we ask them questions and say, okay, what are the things that drive you? And we figure those things out. And once you figure out what is their underlying purpose and what really is the thing that drives them, then it's really easy to match what their products or opportunity is to what drives them. And that's when they get passionate about it. And that's when they really start to take off because now they're doing something that they love and they're also being able to help other people with it and make money.
0: Yeah. Which, which I can, I a hundred percent agree with that. And it's that there's a, um, I was just reading about this in a book the other day. It was talking about the difference in people that are just kind of naturally confident and can go out and kind of sell anything because they just believe in themselves. And then there's most of the rest of everybody else, which is you have to feel like what you're selling and promoting is genuinely helpful to the other person. And there has to be kind of a belief system built up like internally that what you're right. doing is super valuable to the other person. Otherwise, you just can't get yourself to really get out there and talk about it. It's, it may, the sales conversations are more difficult and things like that. And I think it's difficult for the first group to relate to the second group. And if you, can, if you can't relate, you can't help. Like you don't understand what the problem is. And so those are the people that are in that second group are kind of left out going, I, you know, I'm just not good at sales. When it's really not that they're not good at sales, they just haven't found that, that connection to the why. That's right. what it sounds like exactly. to me. Exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah. And even when hey. I first started, I thought I wasn't very good at sales either. Really? And it's because I didn't understand this. And hmm. I, the more that I learned that I could connect with people on that deeper level, and really help them see that my products could help them bring their family closer together and get the things that they really wanted, mm-hmm. then it was super easy to sell. And it was fun because I knew I was helping people. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I love it. That's, that's awesome. That was that a, big, a big, big, big thing. And, and hopefully, you know, if, if people are listening or watching, hopefully they already have the internal belief system because they've been doing what they're doing for long enough that they really, really know like how valuable it is. But I mean, even, even we have to like remind ourselves sometimes, whether it's success stories or, you know, doing case studies or somebody just sending us a message on Facebook, like it it takes that reminder sometimes to go like connect back to the why and go, okay, what what I'm doing is super valuable. You know, even though it's hard sometimes for me, like it's super valuable to other people. I, I just feel like we, we sometimes need to be even us as the experts like need to be reminded of that sometimes. But anyway,
1: yeah, for sure. Uh,
0: so I want to transition a little bit cause, cause you're transitioning. We, you know, we talk a lot, a lot about finding like a focus and a, and a specialty and, and really building very focused expertise, um, on the show. And you're transitioning from like being really, really super niche down in the sense of like, you know, working on direct sales and marketing in the MLM space, but now you're, you're doing some things that are outside that. So how do you, how do you think about that? How do you balance those two things?
1: Well, it's always been like my mission and passion to help women in business. And most of them are in network marketing. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where, because that's where I came from, that's where I started. But I've always had this passion to also help other women entrepreneurs because as an entrepreneur, one, just being an entrepreneur is kind of a lonely road because... A lot of like the quote unquote normal people, (laughs) like (laughs) you don't understand what it's like to be an entrepreneur. You know what I mean? They just don't get it. And as a woman entrepreneur, it's even harder, especially one that like I have four kids. And so I'm also a mom and a wife and I own a business and building all of that. Like there's a lot more problems that come with that. Yeah. And, um, especially I I would, I guess it depends on like where you live, but where I live, a lot of people around me, they're all stay at home moms. And so I am a weirdo. Cause I have a business. <laughs> right. you know? And so I wanted to go out and help more women like me and be like, you know what? We have a community, like you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And whenever I find another woman entrepreneur that has kids and stuff and in the same place as me, I like gravitate to them. I'm like, I need you in my life. Cause no one gets what I'm going through. <laughs> and so I want, A community of women like this—that one, I can help them in their business, and two, just to let them know that you're not alone. There's other people who understand what you're going through.
0: Gotcha. And and so it 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 ties, like somewhat, it ties together because a lot of the people that you'll end up helping in this in in a new venture are still from your existing space, right? So they kind of understand who you are. They might be facing the same challenges they've already dealt with. Is there any? When you think about like going, do you think about it in terms of like, are you going a level up and now speaking to all women entrepreneurs or are you going like lateral and going after and saying, I'm in the MLM space now. I want to add this industry to my credibility or to my, to my brand. I want to go out and like cherry pick like these two or three other industries to really uh, go out there and, and add them to your, your portfolio, so to speak. How do you, how do you think about it?
1: So I think of it more as like, I'm leveling up to helping women entrepreneurs. Yeah. So it is a much bigger umbrella. But yeah.
0: Yeah. There's there's bigger still market.
1: not as many women entrepreneurs as there are men entrepreneurs. So oh, totally. <laughs> so, <laughs> so how do
0: you how do you think about differentiating yourself from other people who have the same goal of helping women entrepreneurs. Cause there's definitely not as many of them as there are the Gary V's and Grant Cardone's of the world and on the male side. And they're very, you know, like, especially like the Grant Cardone's like the hardcore sales guys, they're, they're very, their whole brand is very masculine. Um, I've got a client that runs, you know, a kind of a mom entrepreneur brand and she's like, I, you know, I barely know who Grant Cardone is. (laughs) There's nobody in my community cares. So there's a huge, there's a huge space where like those, those, those people that are huge in my world, you know, nobody in the mom entrepreneur realm cares. Uh, but I know that right. there's people in your space that are that are trying to help. So how do you separate yourself from who is already in your space?
1: Well, it goes back to being authentic of who you are, what your purposes. You know, there's a lot of women entrepreneurs out there that are like, let me show you how to do business and like, you need to be a real business person and blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm more, I can show you the business side. But Still, family comes first, and that's Mm -hmm. always been my thing. And so, it's how to balance having a family life and a work life and running a seven figure company and still being a mom and still giving your kids that time that they need, Mm -hmm. you know. So, because you only have your kids for so long and they grow up so fast, and just because you built up this huge business, like that's a great thing, but if your kids or family suffers from it, then It doesn't really matter in the long run. And so helping them be both sides.
0: Okay. So, so you're basically saying uh, the the same exact, I guess, competitive advantage that you have in the MLM space. You're just taking that with you as you level up, right? So the family first. Um, So it's nothing, nothing necessarily new. You just are building a bigger platform and still putting out the same kind of overall message just to a bigger audience. Right. All right. That makes sense. Yep. Very cool. Um, is there, speaking of like building up a seven figure business and, and running it and, you know, having a family and all this stuff, uh, anything that's surprised you, um, that you've learned over that time that you wouldn't have expected?
1: Um, having boundaries. <laughs>
0: it's really what, do you mean, what do you mean by boundaries?
1: Um, like because I went from being that stay at home mom where I could just take my kids to the park and my friends would say, Hey, let's go do this. And, and being like having the time of this is my work time. And this is my family time and really setting that aside. And it's really easy, especially when you're an entrepreneur who works from home and you work, you can work from your phone so you can work anywhere. Yeah. So setting that like, okay, I am working until like I work until four o'clock cause that's when my kids come home. And after that, I leave my phone off and everything because then I'm mom and like having that hard boundary of, I am work Brooke here and I am mom Brooke here hmm. and making sure that I stay on that. Cause I, my kids were saying like, you're on your phone all the time. Or I would be like answering an email or something like that. And yeah. they, they were seeing that I wasn't present.
0: Oh yeah. So yes. Yeah, it sure sends that, a little bit of a message, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it does. So, so how do you, just,
0: how do you structure the, you know, is, is there any, any tips on like how you structured the business that gave you the freedom or did you set the boundary first and then kind of figured out afterwards, how to like honor the boundary?
1: Uh, I set the boundary first. Yeah. So, and it's really, um, giving myself grace of here's all the things that I want to do, but today I only finished two and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> right it's <laughs> um, really yeah. when you love what you do you could work out at 24 7 and just love it mm-hmm. like I could work in my business all the time and totally neglect my kids if I wanted to <laughs> because I love it so much I mean I love the quote of the show <laughs> <There
0: you go. laughs> spread it all over social media it's gonna be awesome oh that that is fine I mean yes it's true though yeah I, I agree uh and then of course you've got you know, when you're coaching and consulting, you've got active clients and you've got the pressure of getting them results and you want to get them results and you love your clients and stuff like that. Then there's that extra pressure. It's not just you wanting to build your own business. You take on the mental burden of helping other people build their businesses. And that's when you find yourself really, yeah, it's tough. It's tough to set those boundaries when you care. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. That's, yeah and nice people That's care. why I
1: had to just set those hard boundaries and be like, okay, this is how it has to be. And mm. then you figure out how to work within those boundaries.
0: Yeah. And just speaking of a, just a quick nod to like any, anybody that's on your team, how, how do you set that expectation with them that, Hey, like things don't need to be done. Problems need to be solved, but I'm not available after four o'clock. So how, how do you teach people? How do you set those expectations so that they solve problems without you and things get done behind the
1: scenes? It really is hiring the right people yeah. and letting them know. And, the people that I hire, they're family centered too. And so I tell them like when I see them, like I get an email that comes in at like eight o'clock or nine o'clock at night, mm-hmm. I'll send them a text and be like, you need to stop working, go be with your family. You know? <laughs> so I try to help them do it as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it really is. And even our clients know, like we have set up the boundaries with our clients that we like, we don't work weekends. Mm -hmm. And our clients may have questions and things like that that come in and they need help on the weekend because that's when they're working on their stuff. And we have just had to set those boundaries and let them know beforehand. It really, it's, if you can set the boundaries up before anything happens, it makes it a lot easier because they know what the expectations are.
0: Yeah. Well, and you're serving the same market that you are right these are these are we're essentially small business owner moms and so they they kind of have the same they have the same schedule they have the same challenges so I think it's a lot easier for them to understand and honor the boundaries because that's it's part of your authentic part of your brand right right yeah that makes sense well I, and that makes it a little bit easier to uh to enforce on your side which I love but I like the idea yeah. of like forcing your staff to like also set and honor those boundaries, which, uh, which is very authentic. Um, so, uh, I know that you've got some, some cool things coming down the road. I don't know how much you want to say about them quite yet. Cause you're, you're still in like building announcing slash whatever phase, um, right. whatever, whatever you want to promote, however you'd like people to connect with you. What's the best place for them to do that?
1: So if anyone is in network marketing, the best place is to first start, I have a webinar that goes through the training and exactly the whole systems that we set up. So the webinar is socialtenacity.com slash webinar. Mm -hmm. And um, then for anyone who's a woman entrepreneur and is like looking for ways to connect, we are putting together a mastermind and they can go and sign up for more information on that. The mastermind is called Amplified Women and they can go to amplifiedwomen.com and learn more about when our next mastermind is. And if they're interested, they can apply to come.
0: Very cool. That's cool. Cause this is a live, uh, like in-person event, right?
1: Mm-hmm, right. And it's awesome. Like we get a big, huge mansion that we all stay together. It's like a big girl pajama party, you know, <laughs> have a celebrity chef that's coming to cook for us the whole time. And it's like, come in your pajamas and we're just going to talk business and family life and personal growth and all of that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Very, very cool. Uh, So uh, socialtenacity.com and amplifiedwomen.com are the ways to connect. That's awesome, Brooke. This is fantastic. I really appreciate your time.
1: Yeah, thanks so much.
0: Now, I believe that clarity releases energy. So I hope that this episode creates clarity for you by laying out a path forward in your business. Now, if you're interested in starting a podcast like this to help you break into a new industry or to establish yourself as an authority in a niche market, let's talk. We have a complete done-for-you podcasting service. Uh, That is my agency that I'm building and growing, and I'd love to talk to you about what we can potentially do for you. You can learn more at pursuingresults.com to get a sense of what our service is all about. And if you're ready, if you're really seriously thinking about starting a podcast, I'm happy to brainstorm your ideas and talk about the positioning of your podcast within the market, something that you can take away whether we end up working together or not. So you can grab a time on my calendar for a podcast brainstorm call, at bookjohnson.com. That is bookjohnson.com. I just want to thank you again for listening to the show, for leaving us a rating and a review on iTunes, and more importantly, for investing your time, your energy, your attention into the show. It really means the world to me that you would do that. So again, this is the UX podcast where we learn how to turn a rockstar business into a UX machine, and we'll see you on the next episode.